0: Welcome to the WA Property Q&A, the podcast where I explore the ins and outs of buying property in Western Australia. I'm your host, Peter Fletcher, and each week I interview local property experts to help you to develop a deep understanding of the nuances of buying property in WA. From market trends to legal considerations, no topic is off limits. But before we dive in, a friendly reminder. While we provide valuable information, it's important to note that nothing discussed in this podcast should be construed as personal investment advice. Always remember to seek the appropriate professional advice for your specific circumstances. Now, let's get started and unlock the secrets to successful property buying in WA. In in all my years of real estate, I've never said to a person, make a cash offer unless they had the cash in the bank. But what I'm hearing you say, well, it's a, well, the subtext of what, what is being said here is that, well, if you can buy at auction, uh, which is a cash contract using a pre-approval, then why couldn't you do the same with an offer and acceptance and just buy, make a cash offer if you knew that your finance was going to be okay? Good question, Pete.
1: Well, I guess at the end of the day, it just comes down to risk. Yeah. So- some buyers might want to take that risk and do take that risk and put that cash offer down. But as a finance professional, I'd always be educating the customer uh, to your point, Pete, unless they've got the cash in the bank, uh, the cash offer should not remain or should not be in play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The issue in this current market is securing the property. That's right. Uh, so, you know, you, you've got, um, you got, you've got, you know, Two, three, five, ten 10 offers being submitted on the one property at the same time. Well, how do you make your offer stand out amongst, you know, that pile of offer and acceptances? Mm, good point, Pete. Um, you know, well, okay. I've got a fully assessed pre-approval. Let's say don't use a, a computer assessed one. Never. But I've got a fully assessed pre-approval. I'm in a strong position. Do you take the risk? So you know, maybe this is the opportunity where you go. You know what? I'm going to take the punt. And the risk is just the unknown, I guess. Um, if something reveals
1: itself on that property, well, I'm trying to think of an example, but well, I can it's give a you an cemetery ex- buried under <laughs> under the house. <laughs>
0: yeah. Holy. <laughs> oh, now, in terms of pre approvals, we come back to the banks. Subject to the bank's usual terms and conditions, and that is, I think one of those is you know if it's uh, you know the the loan devaluation ratio isn't right, they they will need lender's mortgage insurance. Correct, correct. Am I correct in saying that you can't get LMI on a on a property close to a high tension power line?
1: Not out of the realms of possibility, but that, that comment has weights, generally speaking.
0: Yes. And also properties that don't have a sealed road in front of them? Again, <laughs> same answer. <laughs> Country properties have a different, yeah. there's different LMI, uh, different LVR yes. um, ratios out there. The
1: property and the size of the property can dictate how much leverage you can actually on
0: that property, yes, and also the size of the property, as in, I think 45 square meter units are very hard to get any like any decent LVRs on. Yeah, depending on the bank, some set it at 40, 35, 40% LVR, no, no, 40 square meters. So that's oh, very, 40, right? Very small, yes, yeah, yeah, but they are around, they are around, yes, yes, yes. so somebody has a finance pre-approval, let's say they've got a finance pre-approval to uh, you know, $200,000 to buy a unit and they pitch up, make an offer on a unit thinking that they're good to go, but the unit is too small and therefore the bank won't lend them the, the right amount because the unit's too small and they, they will only offer them a smaller LVR. Is that correct? That's correct. It might be a
1: case of having to change a lender go to another provider that's willing to take that risk. I guess as a finance broker, we've got, you know, a lot of lenders on our panel that we can utilize. But if uh, there's no lenders that will, uh, well, you know, have that within their um, credit policy, then there's only one route and that's finance, finance decadal.
0: Now, Ryan, the question is, um, you know, finance pre-approvals, they sound good in theory in this market where It is very competitive. It's not within the realms of possibility where a finance pre-approval would, could expire. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Finance pre-approvals, how long do they last for? Generally 90 days. Generally 90 days. And that's 90 days from the pre-approval date to securing the property or is it to settlement? Uh, That's a good question, Pete. i like to ask a question without
1: notice, (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) It 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 depends on the provider. Most, uh, will be, it actually be when you actually submit the application, um, 90 days from that date. Some do it 90 days from when they actually assess the transaction, which is actually the better way to do it. It's 90 days from the actual letter being provided to so, say, Hey, you're conditionally approved. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the provider.
0: Okay. Yeah. So point being that it's, there's, there's a time period that these pre-approved last for. Yep. Yep. So if somebody makes a full application gets a finance pre-approval and it expires does it affect their credit history it does it does Does. does.
1: there's a credit inquiry that would be lodged by the provider so that would show up on the credit report but generally speaking it won't have a significant impact unless the profile of that customer from a credit perspective is quite impaired um, and they've been applying a lot for credit then adding on additional inquiries is going to not be uh, beneficial to that borrower.
0: I think the key key message here from what I'm hearing you say, the subtext of what I'm hearing you say, is unless you are 100% sure that you are going to do a transaction, think twice about getting a full pre approval. Uh,
1: no, no, it wouldn't be saying that. I would only be, and I say this to all my clients, you know, we only lodge pre approval if you're actually active in the market. You don't want to be, you know, Applying for pre-approval just to, you know, have the pride of knowing that uh, you're eligible to buy a property at that level. If you've got no intention of ever actively looking to buy, mm-hmm. that's when we would do our own internal approval, our checks and balances and, and make sure it's ticking all the boxes. And, and we do that a fair bit at the moment with a, with a market that's quite active with a lot of buyers. Um, you don't want to be waiting around for a fully assessed pre-approval. If, if the customer's looking at a property in the weekend you just want to get to work to make sure it's it's ticking all the boxes, and they can
0: uh, put an offer in subject to finance, and and then we go from there. So if if somebody is is in the market looking and and they see a, an opportunity, they just don't want to go past. You wouldn't say to them, just wait until you get your pre approval. God no. You'd act. You do what you're saying is get that sort of a rough and ready approval based on you know the, all the information they have available. Depends how much
1: time we've got. I mean. If there's enough time in play um, and we can get all the data together. So when I say all the data, I'm talking about verification of um, in, um, income, pay slips, if you're self-employed, financials, tax returns, bank statements um, to verify expenditure, you know, credit card statements, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if we have got enough time to analyze and go through all that data, then the pre-approval that I guess internally I'm able to um, work out and obtain is is, is is, to be honest with you, just as good as the bank's approval. Because the bank's approval at the end of the day is just them checking off our work to make sure it all works and that we, uh, yeah, that profiled customer that, uh, we've applied the pre-approval for actually, um, actually works Mm -hmm. and meets the the lender's policies.
0: Mm. Mm. This will be one for another day, I suspect. And that is, is a pre-approval, is that sufficient for a finance approval letter for an offer and acceptance?
1: Yeah, we, we're now. Rec- well, I mean, if you um, if the real estate agents insisting on understanding um, whether that buyer has their finance pre-approved, we're now recognised as a professional industry body. We provide sixty, I think it's actually more like seventy percent now um, of the volume to all the banks as far as loan writing is concerned. So the industry recognises if we um, do our due diligence on a borrower and we draft up a letter and sign off to, you know, state they're eligible for finance. That's um, it's, it's just as good as a, a bank's pre-approval.
0: And how long does it take to get a finance pre-approval? Depends how organized your customer is. Mm. It's the short answer. So there's the simple ones, which are a PAYG taxpayer, yep. uh, with a, you know, a long steady job, yep. been in the same house for the last 10 years. Yeah. They'd be pretty quick. Yeah.
1: Within an hour or two, if it's a very basic customer.
0: Wow. Wow. Fully assessed pre-approval. Not fully assessed. No, I'm talking
1: fully assessed. You're talking fully assessed with the bank? Yeah. Uh, Well, in saying that, it depends on the provider. Um, You know, without naming any banks, some banks' turnarounds are extremely good. Some don't, uh, well, I guess depending on their volumes, might not cater for pre-approvals because they just don't have the the capacity to be able to spend the time, effort, and energy on assessing those pre-approved deals because they might not eventuate. So, yes, some... uh, just just won't fully assess it. They'll just provide an electronic confirmation that you're eligible Mm -hmm. and then go find a property and give us a contract of sale. Then we'll look at it properly.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there anything else that we should be talking about with regards to Uh, pre-approvals? We covered off a fair bit. I think uh, in
1: conclusion, just need to engage your finance professional um, straight away when you're in the market to look for a property. When you get too caught up with the bank pre-approval, fully assessed side of things, If you've got enough time and you're patient and you're not going to be rushing in or or you don't have a property lined up, then by all means, go down the pathway of getting a fully assessed pre-approval. But otherwise, yeah, a a good finance broker should be able to give you confirmation that you're you're good to go and and put an offering on a property and fairly quickly, depending on the complexity of the customer, I guess. But if it's a a basic customer, it should be pretty quick.
0: We haven't walked past any landmines here that we should be aware of. Mm Mm-hmm. And if so, what are they? Landmines, landmines. Anything we haven't said about finance (laughs) pre-approvals? I feel like you've got an answer here. (laughs) No, I haven't. No, it's not a leading question. No, just uh, have I missed anything?
1: (sighs) Yeah. I mean, a pre-approval is, is, is a a pre-approval. It's not an approval. So I guess at the end of the day, even if you are pre-approved, something can pop up, which means that you're unsuccessful. So, but. You know,
0: looking at it in a positive lens, um, it's the best thing you can do. It is the best thing you can do because, at the end of the day, even when a fully, like a, an approval, a formal approval is is issued, yes, the formal approval is still subject to the bank's Course. usual terms yeah. and conditions, and they can change That's their right. mind. Yeah, so all approval can be rescinded. Yes, it definitely can. Yes, so as you said, it's all part of the risk matrix. Yes, and you accept that. Well. The system isn't perfect. It can't be. Um, you've just got to play with what you've got. That's right. Now, you mentioned about um, sourcing a good finance broker. Tell it people, I know that you are a good one. You do That's a lot right. of business with our, our business and uh, and it's all good, solid, clean business. We, we like dealing with you. Um, so I want you to tell people how they can get hold of you if they want to know more. Sure.
1: Uh, so yeah, best forms of contact, uh, uh, mobile, um, uh, and email, um, always open for a conversation. So yeah, that, that would be the best place to get me. Your email address? Ryan T at
0: WFB.com.au. And if I was a professional podcaster, I'd say something clever, like I'll put all this in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Just click on the bio. Yeah. Click on the the bio. (laughs) Oh yes. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll get better at this. Ryan, this has been great. It has. Uh, Enjoyed it. Uh, yes, yeah, so i have I. Uh, I appreciate that you've come along and shared your wisdom. And uh, let's hope the market just keeps on going.
1: Yeah, I think there's a long way to go. So yes. yeah, it's good. It's active. A lot, a lot happening. Busy is good.
0: All right. Well, until next time, this has been the WA Property Q&A. And that wraps up another episode of the WA Property Q&A. We hope you found our discussion valuable and gained some valuable insights into the world of property buying in Western Australia. Remember, while we strive to provide useful information, it's crucial to consult with the appropriate professionals before making any investment decisions. Don't forget to tune in next week for another exciting episode where we continue to unravel the mysteries of the WA property market. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, feel free to reach out to us. Until then, Happy property hunting, and remember to seek the right advice for your personal circumstances. Thank you for listening.